when I die, put on my tombstone, beloved community member of Chestnut Springs, because I am going to stand the series until I am six feet under. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Spice Rack Pod. This book is the epitome of save a horse, ride a cowboy. But before we get into Reckless by Elsie Silver, Sav, how are you doing? I'm good, but do you remember that time when you thought that epitome was episode? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I was like the whole time I was trying to say it. It's like I can't mess it up this time. Shit, she's about to say epitome again. <laughs> I'm good. Let me tell you about what happened to me this week first of all it's nothing as eventful as last weekend with the wax <laughs> story but I get home from work last week and someone like was going door to door selling some shit and <laughs> when they come to me I slam that door in their face I'm like not interested bye <laughs> like keep going this is not the house well Seth's dumbass gets outside talks to the guy he's like hey I'm bringing somebody in I am butt ass naked in the bedroom and I'm like okay I guess I'll just put some clothes on for a second I was like do you think that this is like like a porn (laughs) do you think that this is it like we're gonna become swingers anyways so I put clothes on it's a fucking security salesperson. And the man is in my house, like asking questions, whatever. And finally, 45 minutes go by. It was like 6 45 PM. And I was like, Hey, I am starving. So if you're going to continue to stay here, like I got to make some food. And then he's like, well, can I have some? And I was like, yes. So I had to make this motherfucker dinner and he's still talking. And I was like, listen, just install the shit because they come and install it same night. And I was like, I am reading my book. I'm getting on the couch. I don't give a fuck what y'all do. But if you're going to come install this, do it like right now. So they were in my house until 11, 15 PM. And I was curled up on the couch reading reckless. And they were like, what you reading? And I was like, just a little cowboy smut. What about you? That's they my, got you guys, they got that, you guys. They did. That was my fun story of the week. What about you? How are you? I'm good. One, the It Ends With Us movie is on hold because of the strike by the writers. So it is indefinitely on hold. Oh my God. Thank the Lord. Call me <laughs> in the break. <laughs> it is indefinitely on hold. And then I feel like I am having my own, like the summer I turn pretty kind of summer. So if you've been here from the beginning, so like the last time I like I even like remotely like dated somebody or ever was college was undergrad because I just dedicated everything to grad school. So I didn't date. And now I found my boyfriend. So we went. So all last Thursday was the first time I ever went shopping with a boy. Like I've never been to the mall with a boy before. Not even in seventh grade when you were like going to the mall to like walk around. You didn't do that with boys. No. So you weren't so, a slut in the seventh grade is what you're saying. <laughs> so, and it was just like, so have you been to Zara lately? No, I don't shop at Zara because I'm not a skinny so, bitch. So I'm not going Zara there. is all white, white floors, white lights, white ceilings. It is just very bright inside. I was wearing white. 
next thing I know, I can't find my boyfriend. And he was like, I had to go outside because he was like, I lost my girlfriend inside the Zara because I was wearing white and everything was white. But it was wholesome because we have a, a wedding this weekend. So I was looking for a rehearsal dinner dress. And so it was just a, a wholesome shopping experience. And this weekend, you're having your first getaway together. Yeah, our first weekend away. So Where are you going? We so we have the rehearsal dinner. And then we're staying there that night. And then we have the wedding Saturday. And we're staying there again that night. No, so this is like a first wedding. Like I'm somebody's plus one. First weekend, we're going away. Oh, my God. They grow up <laughs> so fast. <laughs> Do y'all remember when I was like putting out just like general PSAs if anybody wants to have sex with Emily like just let me know nobody took me up on it which is personally very disappointing but here we are she's tied down now so you lost your chance yeah so I'm excited and it's like in a really pretty winery it's like when he is getting ready with all like the grooms like the groomsmen I'm gonna have my book be ready on the front porch Oh, I love the summer intern pretty moment full circle. Full circle. So yeah, that's fine. I I'm think happy. I am having like a 2000s rom-com summer. That's what I'm envisioning. I'm wearing straight leg jeans. I'm reading hardbacks again, going to the beach and just like listening to old music. Like that's the vibe I think that I'm having as a 2000s rom-com summer. I think that we should let the fans know. Sam and I are trying to see Taylor Swift internationally. me and taylor allison swift are in a fight right now because i have to go to this real person job so i'm not sitting here fucking in no bra on my phone 24 7 and she announced international tour dates i don't have service in my office emily had to text me and then by the time i got online it was too late so i'm just fucking i'm in a we're in a fight me and taylor so i got into i was in the queue for paris for an hour which I was not as bad as I thought it would be. The thing is, the international pages, Safari only translates to English to a certain point. But when you're filling out all your information, trying to see when tickets go on sale, pull out the Google Translate. For sure. Because it's not in English. I have about 12 emails in my inbox right now, all in different languages. (laughs) Like, and I just really was, I didn't even have Google Translate on because I was at fucking work on my piece of shit Dell laptop from 2012. So I was just like hoping a prayer on Google Chrome. And I was like, this looks like a register button. This looks like (laughs) email. Let's be done with it. So yes, Emily wants to go to Europe. I'm going to Europe in November and Taylor will not be there. So I would like to go to Asia. If anybody wants to be an Asian Taylor Swift baddie with me, you just let me know. I have to get a passport. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. No, I think, though, if I apply for one in August, because my school, at, like, you can go, there's, like, a special place for students to go get, like, their passports. So if I go in August, I will definitely have it by, like, the end of next July. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It I takes, have like, to a long fucking time, but it doesn't take that long. Yeah. So I have to get my passport first, which I'm doing in August. If we're internationally seeing Taylor Swift next summer, it's then over. we're just going to have a Taylor Swift summer. <laughs> this summer, we're being cute at home, 2000s rom-com. Next summer, we're being feral rats. Can you imagine the outfits? Oh, my God. 
I want to go to Singapore like really bad. Seth and I have been wanting to do. All right, I'm going to say this because Seth doesn't listen to the podcast. Seth and I are trying to have a baby, but he doesn't know it yet because every time we talk about it, he gets so stressed and he's like asking all these questions. And I'm like, bitch, we are fine. So I just keep telling him to come inside me and he keeps doing it. So we are officially trying to have a child. He just isn't aware. And if I do end up pregnant, I'm going to be like, oh my God, look at God's timing. Like That's my plan. So I would like to go, I'm going to Europe in November and then Taylor Swift in Singapore is in March. And I'm like, oh, I can totally have a baby. Like I can not get pregnant until like, you know, December and then I'll be fine. Yeah. So that's my plan. See, I am on a different side of the <laughs> not to have any kids. I think I'm going to get the next, the plan, the next plan, the arm thing. Yeah. I had that for like three years. I know people really liked it. I liked it. So I'm thinking of doing that instead of going back on the pill or I'm never doing an IAD again. The only thing that sucked for me, granted, everyone's body is so different. So like, I think birth control advice is something that you have to take with a grain of salt, unless it's referring to the fucking Nuva ring, because that shit made me <laughs> psychopath. <laughs> um, but the next one on completely diminished my sex drive like I didn't have sex for really like three years so that was a bummer for me see I think my biggest thing is I don't know how I feel about something being in me I okay when I would get high I would freak out and be like there's a foreign thing inside my body and I would like feel because you can feel it so if I was ever really stoned I had to like keep my arm away from me because I knew that it would freak me the fuck out Okay. I have a fun little, I was just on TikTok before we started. And this girl said, here are a list of books that I am too scared to read because I'm intimidated by them because they've been so overhyped. And this is why. So I think that we should share our books that I am currently too intimidated to read. I will not be convinced to start. And that's just the way that it is. I've already marked some of these that I've read them on Goodreads. So you bitches can leave me alone. And that's just what it is. Do you want me to go first or do you want to go? You can go first. Okay. Number one is a song of Achilles. I'm not reading that. Anything that people are like, this is going to emotionally destroy you. I'm good, babe. Keep it to yourself. Second one is Outlander. Personally, the show is so fucking good. I don't think I need to deal with the book. I'm good. I don't need to do like, fantasy time travel that's good I have other fantasy outlets don't need to read it Bridgerton personally I don't really love the show don't really need to read the book I don't like historical fiction that's just it is what it is I'm not gonna read it and then any like this this has such a profound meaning book I'm not reading that shit I don't want to I don't want to be quizzed I don't want to feel like I'm in AP English getting quizzed on why the curtains were blue. I don't fucking care. <laughs> so that's just where I'm at. What about you? Okay. Akatar. I'm just not going to read Akatar. Yeah, I figured that. I'm just very intimidated by it. There is just so, it's just too much. Um, I can only take fantasy in small doses. So I don't think that Akatar is the book for me. Song of Achilles, the exact same reason. Why do I want something with, out a happy ending and that's gonna make me so sad I'm intimidated by it starts with us I don't know I have it on my bookshelf I pre-ordered it I should probably read it but 
we know how it ends that's the thing we know how it ends yeah the life of Addie ray i think that's the book that's definitely not it but the invisible life of Addie larue i read this yeah that one just doesn't really seem you're not missing much it would just be a five-star read and then daisy jones and the six i don't know why i'm just not a big taylor jenkins read gal i'd rather just watch the show on tv or the movie that's coming out yeah that's fair i feel like anytime a book has made it to show form like i'm i'm good the hype around it is done like i don't need to read it i'm good those are mine okay well we would love to hear what books you're too intimidated to read and we will be respectful and not try to convince you to read them anymore see like i've totally given up with emily and akatar i'm just gonna let that <laughs> is your bender has your bender continued again it's not a bender this is just who i am now <laughs> um but yeah it has all right i read reckless by elsie silver I'm going to stand this series until the day that I fucking die. When I die, put on my tombstone, beloved community member of Chestnut Springs, because I am going to stand this series until I am six feet under. I read Possess Me by Michelle Hurd. I've read every book in the series so far. They are quick, dirty, light mafia. Can't go wrong. Let me tell you about this fucking plot of this story. I texted Emily and I was like, I have just been shooketh to my core. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm going to give, yeah, I'm going to give spoilers. So if you are going to read this, just like skip ahead. This mafia boy has to kidnap a rival mafia princess, right? To get back at the dad. Mafia Uh princess knows that she's about to be kidnapped. So she finds this sad little American tourist there in Russia and says, I want to be like you for a night. You can be like me. Switch clothes with me. So the girl switches clothes with her. She gets kidnapped. While she is being kidnapped, kidnapper recognizes like, okay, well, this girl's fucking American. So obviously I've been bamboozled. They get ambushed and kidnapper and kidnappy get kidnapped. (laughs) taken elsewhere to be held hostage okay with kidnapper's brother kidnapper's brother is tortured kidnapper and kidnappy are put together in a room i can't think of another way to describe it are put together in a room for like three and a half months they form a very intense bond they fall in love with each other while they are kidnapped and stuck in this room with like no food no clothes at one point no light they're just in the dark for three months they are rescued by kidnapper's father. Kidnapper's father, Ratata's homegirl, as they are being. <laughs> no fucking way. Okay. Fucking shoots her three times, leaves her in a field to die. Kidnapper cannot go on. Piss the fuck off, like completely changes, shuts down, says that the love of his life is gone, and he's like really upset. Four years later, Kidnappy never died. She's alive. She lives in Los Angeles. Kidnapper moves to Los Angeles. Fucking meet again. How crazy is that? That's crazy. That's that's too much. I think everyone should read it. I was literally like, what? <laughs> I'm sitting on the couch, like, what the fuck is going on? So 
very long-winded. I have, I mean, that was crazy, but that was Possessed Me by Michelle Hurd. I am listening currently to The Summer We Fell by Elizabeth O'Rourke, which we've talked about, but decided Love not her. to read. Yeah, I've never read anything by her. It's pretty good. Um, so that's going on. And then I DNF the Tessa Bailey book. I hate, I hate the strong word. I do not like her new series. I DNF'd it. I didn't like the first one. I'm not loving the second one. And I'm also picturing as like one of our good friends, unfortunately deceased husbands. And I can't unsee it. And I just like, it's not good enough for me to continue. And I don't want to picture my friends, homies, husbands that way. So I'm just gonna call it done and DNF it. I am at the point where I rather one of our favorite authors come up with one book every two years instead of just cranking out books that suck. I and feel so, bad because Tessa Bailey in the author's note was like, these are two of my favorite characters that I've ever written. And I was like, hell no yeah, girly. Like I'm here for it. And I didn't hate them, but it was, it was just not at the caliber that I expect from Tessa Bailey. So I'm with you. Anyways, that's my bender. What have you been reading? So I only read the book that we're discussing today, and this is why. I have been, so I have Sling, and they have put every single season an episode of Say Yes to the Dress on Sling. Oh, shit. (laughs) I've been binge-watching Say Yes to the Dress, which has cut into my reading time. Are you watching... Is it Atlanta or the one in New York? The one in New York. Down to like the first season, first episode. And it's really crazy because Say Yes to the Dress has been on for forever. So I remember when we were 15 or 16 being like judging all these dresses. Like, oh my gosh, you only have a $5,000 budget. And now watching it as a 26-year-old, you have a very different perspective on like the dresses. So it's been cutting into my reading time, but my goal is for this week is to read two books and kind of just get back on schedule. I just think because I'm off for the summer. I have never been. I am a schedule queen. Love my planner. Love having a schedule. So I think not having a schedule has just very thrown me off. Well, I love that for you and your say yes to the dress journey. I don't know how I haven't mentioned this, but Love Island is back. So that's my full personality for the next hundred and something days. Um, and this season is so messy. If you have never watched Love Island, take your ass to Hulu, start watching. There's only like 10 or 11 episodes. Like it's not crazy yet. And these people are chaotic. Like the rent was due. They brought in the most messy individuals to be on a season. Everyone needs to watch Love Island right now. I'm trying to see if we have Hulu. You can use my login. <laughs> That's how passionately I feel about love. I'm trying to see. I just pulled up, pulled it up on the TV to see if we have it. So we're gonna get into Reckless, but before we get into it, we're gonna talk about the author. So Elsie Silver is a Canadian author of sassy, sexy, small town romance who loves a good book boyfriend and the strong heroines who bring them to their knees. She has been voraciously reading romance books since she was probably supposed to and is a big fan of her 5 a.m. mornings where most of her writing happens. Books by Elsie include the Chestnut Spring series and the Gold Rush Ranch series. And today we are covering Reckless, which is the fourth book in the Chestnut Spring series and follows the fiery relationship between Winter and Theo. And the dedication for this week is for all the tired mamas out there, I see you. 
And we get like a little cute quote by Mary Pickford, which is failure is not the falling down, but staying down. Okay, getting into this week's plot review. Winter is a doctor married to another successful doctor and living in a sprawling mansion. So life should be perfect, right? Until she finds out her husband is a predator and preyed on her younger sister, who she admires and loves, but isn't sure how to repair a relationship with. Wanting to leave her old life behind and start fresh, Winter heads to Chestnut Springs to be close to her sister, Summer. Her first family gathering with the Eatons, which is Summer's family, who we read about in Flawless, which is the first book in the series. She meets Theo Silva, a cocky, snarky, and gorgeous bull rider. The two bicker constantly, but can't deny their attraction for one another, and the tension snaps that one night around Christmas. A few weeks later, after years of trying to get pregnant with her ex, Winter notices the telltale signs of a failed condom. Overjoyed to be a mom, even with Theo, she reaches out to tell him he's a father, and he says, thanks for letting me know, and is never heard from again, until almost a year later when he moves in next door and upends the cozy new life Winter has started with her daughter, Vivian. Tropes include enemies to lovers, unplanned pregnancy, neighbors, and found family. Now listen, I absolutely loved this book. Five stars for me. I absolutely love Winter, and I think that she is a top 10 of an all-time favorite female main character for me. She is so funny and witty, but you also sympathize, like, for her, and you just want her to have that happy ending, and I'm so glad she got that happy ending. Because we really dig deep into why her and she has acted like cold towards Summer. And we get to see that she actually was doing that to protect Summer. And I'm happy that we got the ending that we did. That she did become best friends with her sister and got everything that she wanted. Theo. I'm not going to lie. The Unlaced Combat Boots gave me a slight ick. But overall, he blew me away. The way he loves Winter and Vivi is just so swoon worthy. And he truly treats Winter like your princess outside the bedroom and then ruins her in the bedroom, which is all, which is what everybody wants. The way that he stands up for her and is constantly trying to get Winter to see that she is lovable without pushing her too much was just so swoon-worthy and I did not want this book to end. I love it when they both kind of get into that slight argument when it came up about the DNA test and they're both remembering that night in the hotel. So we get that night from the different perspective. And I really thought that was neat. Um, the dog Peter I thought was the funniest thing ever and how Winter kept saying that he's not deaf and that he's just like bamboozling everybody I really liked how Peter became like a character in the book Um, I have three big quotes so uh, my favorite quotes when he goes I think I like you because you're heart stopping jaw dropping type of beautiful and when he discovers the that he has the daughter and he's trying to be like the dad and parent Winter's like no like you should get a break or you took care of her he goes I don't need a special trophy for parenting. I love it, Winter. Don't worry. Go get your manicure while you can still get one. And that was just so sentimental because she has talked about wanting to get a manicure for forever. And he planned that spa day, everything. And then Winter has a quote towards the end where she says, I just lie here in a happy, sunny bubble, letting my head and my heart work around it. It feels good. It feels like home. I would personally give this book 500 stars if I could. I've been raving about this series for weeks and I'm literally amazed how it keeps getting better. 
Theo Silva blew me the fuck away. Like I'm sitting here grinning as if I'm going to like stumble into him. But I think it's so funny because when I found out that this book was about Theo, I was low-key a little disappointed because I wasn't obsessed with him in the other books. Like, where is the Bo Eaton book? But again, Theo delivered. I'm in love with him. He wiggled his way into Summer, Vivian, my heart too. He was so lovable and so damn good at showing Winter and Vivian how lovable they were too. One of my favorite book tropes is getting to the end and after all the shit they've been through and you find out that he calls his mom the night that they met and said that he would found the one. Like that is so fucking cute. It gets me every time. I have baby fever, obviously, and this made it so much worse. So if I do end up pregnant, we are going to have to name the baby Theo. Something I love about the story is that they overlap like two to three weeks. So the fight that starts Winter and Theo's story, you actually get from Jasper and Sloane's point of view at the end of their book. So every story overlaps like two to three weeks, which I really like. I have a lot of quotes. When Rhett is talking shit about Winter and being kind of mean to her and Theo pulls him aside and says, watch your fucking tone when when you're talking about the mother of my child. (gasps) when Theo is meeting Vivian for the first time and he says like where did you come up with the name Vivian Winter says Vivian means alive and she made me feel alive again she made it when my last baby didn't and it felt like a good adult name you know like she could be prime minister and Theo says good for you girl I can't wait to tell people my daughter is the prime minister (laughs) like that was just wholesome all around I love them both when He fucks up because he questions who the father is, even though he fucking knows that it's him and he turns his phone off and they're both like remembering the night that they met and like having dreams about it. And Winter wakes up the next morning, shows up with the fucking baby and the ugly (laughs) ass dog. And is like, well, we don't do alone anymore. So you're stuck with us. I just really enjoyed that. I thought it was wholesome. And then towards the end of the book, when he's talking about how he can see how winter responds to having to be vulnerable he says i don't want to change who she is i want to earn that side of her like god damn it it was just so he was winter was great but theo silva is the blueprint i love the parts of the book so winter like never cried and i like how when she is like started crying they'd be like oh no like the ceiling is leaking like people (laughs) try to like help you like help make excuses so she's not actually crying and there was one part that I forgot to mention. So they had sex and then she thinks that he doesn't love her body postpartum. And I think it was just like a beautiful discussion about how like her body is still beautiful. You're still beautiful postpartum. And he was just a goner. It was love at first sight for both of them. I know. And I'm so obsessed with it. I'm so obsessed with them. I giggled the way that it came out when the, the dad spill the beans that uh harvey spilled the beans that theo was the dad they're trying to come up with an elaborate plan to tell the family how everybody <laughs> that theo's the dad and harvey just just lots the bomb at dinner harvey is fucking hilarious and every single one of these stories cade who is the second one his book is heartless he's the single dad trope um cade asks Harvey asks Cade at family dinner when Willa gets pregnant if he has a breeding kink. (laughs) (laughs) Then it just becomes like a part of it. Like they all give him hell now for having a breeding kink, which I think is so funny. (laughs) 
Okay, um, I have to admit, when I first heard of, like, breeding kink, I didn't think it was, like, you want to have, like, the person's child. I really thought it was some kind of bestiality, <laughs> like, cow breeding. <laughs> like, animal breeding. Okay. <laughs> I didn't think of it as, like, <laughs> like kids. <laughs> I have to put that out there. I, I feel like there's a, <laughs> there's a different term than breeding kink. I feel like that could be used in breeding. But okay. <laughs> I've been holding that in for a while. <laughs> I honestly love that you let it out. Safe space. You let out all your crazy ass thoughts. <laughs> So as we mentioned before, Theo made our jaws drop, heartbeats go a little bit faster, and the spice was just, it was spicing. I gave it two and a half peppers. How many peppers did you give it? I gave it two and a half peppers, too. No the fade to black. No fade to blacks. <laughs> there are a couple things that have been living rent-free in my head. I would also like to say, I've been reading a lot of smut lately, and this was supreme because Theo was a dirty talker and he was just sexy without trying. Like the blueprint. I think men should read this book. If you want to know how to like make a woman fall in love with you, read this fucking book. The workout mirror scene. I'm just going to read through it because really I nothing will do it justice. Quite like just giving us all a little, a little intro. Basically... And I relate to this. Winter is jealous as fuck and (laughs) thinks that Theo doesn't like the way that she looks. Again, kind of what you said about her postpartum body, but also is just like constantly questioning herself. And she goes to the gym because she wants to like start getting back into it. And she gets another trainer because Theo is a trainer at the gym. He's also super fucking jealous and was like, absolutely not you're not working out with anybody else and she's so self-conscious about what she looks like so they get to the end she's like dying on a workout bench he comes up behind her and he says I fucking adore you haven't you been paying attention and she says why he says why do I fucking adore you and she says yeah and if you say it's because my body performed miracles growing and birthing a baby or some shit like that I swear I will get up and walk out of here So he starts by saying that he loves her neck because she holds her head so highly and like doesn't cower to anything. Sometimes when it's sunny in the morning, the light through the front living room window catches all these little flyaway hairs and you look like you're wearing a halo. This man is fucking obsessed with her. Then he says, can I keep touching you? She says, yes, I like your collarbones. So he starts like gently caressing her collarbones, gripping her hip. I love your lips. This smart fucking mouth. I like the venom it spews. I especially like the way it looked wrapped around my cock. He says, you liked that too, didn't you? I know you did. She goes to talk. I cover her mouth with my free hand. Don't bother arguing with me. It makes me hard. And I'm not about flipping you over and fucking you right here and now. I love your breast. I palm one and then the other before tweaking a nipple. Your nipples get hard so easily. They're so sensitive. I know that waste of space you married didn't know how to make you come, but I do. And I bet I can do it by playing with these alone. Then he starts cupping the vag and he says, and this, you, I love how you took, how you look impaled on my cock. Open your eyes. Look in the mirror. 
look at us. How could I not fucking adore this? I love the face you make when you fall apart for me. And I still the only man who's been able to fuck you right winter. I bet I could make you come on my fingers just describing how beautiful you are to me right now. How fucking perfect you are. But that would be a shame when you have such a pretty pussy for me to eat, don't you think? And then post-workout in front of the mirror on the workout bench, he eats her out like it's his last meal. I mean, like, it's really not hard. <laughs> this is all we want. <laughs> you should give it to Seth. Like, I have some nighttime reading. Just a little light reading for you. And it's truly a blueprint of what everyone fucking wants. It's not that hard to figure out. It's not that hard. Something else that I loved is that she tells him over and over because he's very sweet, like he's dirty, but he's very sweet to her because he's obviously so obsessed with her. And she tells him that he treats her like she's so fragile and says like, I just want you to disrespect me a little bit, which fucking relatable. And so at one point they're fucking during summer and Rhett's wedding, they like sneak away and he says spread winter ass up so I can disrespect you the way you want me to. And they say true love doesn't exist. That's exactly. All. They say chivalry's dead. <laughs> so I've hit the hammer on the head. You guys know I love a good mirror scene. Very hot. Have you had mirror sex before? I haven't. I haven't either. I need to work on my self-confidence before I want to like, you know. Same here. Yeah. I think I'd be focused too much on how I look and not like the sex part. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. But I so, love reading about it. Me too. I think it's like one of the hottest things. So at summer and Rhett's wedding, when Turkey is talking about how good the champagne is to so avoid having like the serious conversation with Theo about like the I love you and like their feelings. And he says, good. Now get on your fucking knees and suck my cock like it will end in a mouth of that champagne you keep talking <laughs> about. I also had the spread winter so I can just respect you the way you want me to um, part. So, so I'm really, really, really hot scene to me was the car sex scene after their first date. So they're having like full on intimate sex in the car in the parking lot. And so she goes, so his hips buck and he hits me deep, shoving me back against the dash. One hand on my inner thigh presses me open wider while the other grips my hip hard. And they're just having the hottest sex. He's like, how he was like um, saying, she's like, oh, you look so hot like impaled by my cock and she was like I look hot like I know that I look hot right now and I just think that that's really hot what was so hot about the car sex scene too is that he like pushes her over so they're in the back seat he pushes her back so that she's like laying on the glove compartment basically and says like show me how you play with it which I love show me how you play with it and he's like eyes lidded so turned on watching him fuck her and her play with herself it was just really hot it was very hot I haven't uh I haven't had car sex but I would hope that it would go like this oh my god you still haven't had car sex uh-uh I thought y'all fooled around in the car was, like fooled around in the car but I haven't had like sex sex in the car well there's always time to write a wrong <laughs> I gotta say, every time I've had car sex, it's never been like that. So hopefully yours is better. <laughs> but the spice was spicing. This was a a good spice read. And it wasn't too much in your face. Like, I think all the sex scenes just, like, flowed, like, really naturally and just happened naturally. Getting into some discussion questions. 
we have to fuck Mary kill <laughs> some of the Eaton brothers, not all of them. So you've got a bull rider, a rancher, and an athlete. I think my answer might surprise you. Okay, I am doing marrying an athlete, fucking a bull rider, and then killing a rancher. Okay, hear me out. <laughs> I, I am going to marry a rancher. I'm going to fuck okay. an athlete, and I'm going to kill a bull rider. Okay. I think that ranchers are, like, really hard work. Like, he's gonna get up and like take care of you and like give you a life on the farm that you can only dream of and so I am gonna respect that from him I think it's all fun and games until they ask you to also come help and work <laughs> <laughs> and then I just, I'm not doing it that is a very fair point this is my working at farmhouse coming into play where I'm like, <laughs> they were all so kind also, nobody asked, but I'm going to give my ranking of these books since I read them all. Okay. All right. Number one is Reckless. A very close number two is Powerless, which is Jasper and Sloan. He's the hockey player. Number three is Heartless, which is Cade. He's the single dad. Number four is Rhett, which we've covered on the podcast before. That's Flawless. That is Summer and Rhett's story. So... Theo is number one. Jasper is number two. He's really like number 1.5. And then Kate is number three. Rhett is number four. What's your ranking? And they're coming out with the fifth. She's coming out with the fifth one, right? Which is Bo. And he's got some like emotional damage going on. So I know that we're going to love him. <laughs> so I know that we don't do small towns. But Sab, would you move to Chestnut Springs? I mean... Yes, I'm in love with all of these people. I would move to Chestnut Springs, but I'm not moving to Quincy, Montana, where the Edens is based out of. Correct. But I will move to Chestnut Springs because I feel like it is a little bit less small towny. Yeah, Chestnut Springs to me is giving like the way that Woodstock, Georgia is to Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> like, but just in the mountains in Canada. But that's it's really the only small town at this current time that I'm interested in moving to. Yeah, I think I would move there. Quincy, Montana, you can keep it. I'm good. Yeah, I'm okay with Quincy. Montana. Knock them out, Virginia. You can keep it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, getting into our new fave segment how we picture our book boyfriends. So, Emily, how do you picture Theo? Theo always brings you flowers regardless of the occasion and will have your coffee ordered the way you like it every single time. He probably has a tattoo of the of his wife and children's name somewhere on his body. And I feel like he is a big tattoo wedding band guy instead of like a real wedding band guy. I don't know if that makes sense. He cooks Sunday dinner and always invites his mom to it. He acts like he doesn't like the family pet but he is actually obsessed with it and becomes its best friend. He is a fan of morning sex and always buys you your feminine products. Do you think, let me run it back, tattoo rings, instead of a physical ring, a tattoo ring on the fourth finger, does that, do you like that? Are you into that? I need to know. I'm not into it because I think, 
a guy I don't know I just think the wedding band is just a very hot accessory okay good it gives me major ick but I didn't want to offend you no I know I'm not a fan of it I am not a fan of it so how do you picture Theo I think that Theo would keep a picture of you and your child on his truck dashboard he never wears a shirt at home. I think when Vivi is a teenager and like her date is coming to pick her up for prom, he's like on the front porch cleaning the gun. Like that's the vibe that he's giving off. He's the kind of dad that I think that you can call when you're in trouble. Like if you drink too much or you're in like a shitty situation and he always will come and get you. He knows exactly what to say. If you ask him not to tell your mom, he will, but like in a way that you're not going to get in trouble for it. I think he picks small fights with you because he loves makeup sex. Like, you know that he's kind of just shitting you, but you're in it anyways because he wants to have makeup sex later. I think when he laughs, he would like tip his head back and it would be like a booming laugh. Like he laughs with his whole chest. Um, And I think that you can tell that I'm massively in love. (laughs) I'm like heart eyes for Theo Silva. So after, so Sava's heart eyes, he makes my jaw drop. We have to put him in our scientifically proven boyfriend pyramid. So as you guys know, at the bottom of the pyramid, ultimate friends with benefits. You may or may not be telling your friends. Could be a situationship. Could be a one-night stand. Then on the top, we have meet your parents and the family. He could be the one, could not be the one. Is a kind guy. Next, we have White Picket Fence. You guys have the happy life with the kids, the minivan, the house in the suburbs, and you're just feeling happy all the time. And at the top of the top, we have God tier, where the man is just unmatched. You have the most happiest life, and he just has that extra oomph that puts him in God tier. So, Saf, where are you putting Theo, Dean, Silver? I think that it's Dale. Oh, Dale. <laughs> Shit. Sorry. <laughs> I like the fact that I know his middle name. I think <laughs> this is a silly question. He's obviously God tier. I'm quite literally obsessed. I'm what also putting him in God tier. Wait, fuck. Sorry. What about you? I'm also going to put Theo in God tier. As you should. He is just fine, fine, fine. A king, an absolute king. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode on Reckless by Elsie Silver. Obviously, we have no negative notes. Loved it. Read the rest of them in the series. Whatever you're doing, make sure you read Powerless because that shit is so good. And we don't know what we're going to read next week. If you have a recommendation, feel free to send it our way at Spice Rock Pod on Instagram. Stay tuned there for the rest of this week and maybe we'll figure it out soon. Um, so we'll see you with whatever we decide to do next week. Next week. Yep. Send, send recommendations, please. Please. <laughs> that okay. are not hockey. We do not want hockey yeah. romances. I've had enough. Okay. Okay. Love Bye, you guys. all. Bye.